Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. And now we're going to send it to Pastor Matt, the best pastor I know. Um, and we'll let, him, uh, we'll let him get started with the word this morning. <laughs> man, that's the best thing, man. I, I love this church because it's... I love you too, man. I love this church because there's just, man, it's just, there's, it just, that's just the way it is. I mean, like, I'll, uh, I'll get choked up in the middle of a song, and the band will keep going. We'll call each other out on ridiculous things, and, and we'll spend all weekend hanging out together. Man, it was just an awesome weekend. I don't know if they got a chance to tell you all about it, but, but seeing everybody on Friday night was really cool. A bunch of folks came out for our s'mores, and then, uh, and then on Saturday there were a bunch of folks working out on the Thrive playground set and everything. It was just, it was just a really amazing, amazing thing. And we want to see you today. So it's a reminder: come right after worship. All right. So during that last song, just put your phone in the car and come on down. And uh, man, you're gonna, it's gonna be really cool. I have a special gift for all of you that some of you have seen if you pay attention to our Facebook feed, um, and it's really cool. And I'm super excited. I hope you guys will come and hang out. So I, um, I lost my dog. I not, not forever. We found him, but uh, well, don't worry. But still, I want to tell you a little bit about the story. All right, so I was, uh, I was just coming home from doing a bunch of stuff, and I come back, and the kids say that uh, our dog got out. And everybody's looking for the dog. You can't find the dog. All right, no problem, no problem. This is my big yellow dog. Now, this, this yellow dog is named Shamrock, and Shamrock is massive, and, a and he is a cuddle, he's a cuddle buddy. He loves to be touched and snuggled. He thinks he's really small. But here's the thing about Shamrock. He's, he's, not, he's not wildly intelligent uh, at, for, for a dog. Even, we, I mean, he's a smart dog. He can do good stuff. You know, he does his thing, right? But, I mean, he's just like, he's kind of like, do you ever see that? It's like the old 80s movie, The Funny Farm. They had Yellow Dog and Chevy Chase. And it was just like the dog just was kind of like a carpet. carpet. That's kind of like Sharon. You'll just be doing something all of a sudden. He'll be like right behind you, like on the floor. And so this neighborhood grouped me, right? So we could like, I'm just like, hey. Y'all see my dog, if you could, just gonna keep your eyes out. I don't know, I don't know where he went. But he's wearing this massive cone on his head, and so like he's gonna be hard to miss. <laughs> Big yellow dog, cone on his head, everywhere he walks, he knocks, knocks things, things over. over. You'll see him, he can keep an eye out. Wife goes driving, we're all looking, and it's hot, frustrating, blah, 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 whatever. We, get a, oh, we finally get a call. Hey, we found your dog, we got him over, just a couple of streets over. Oh, thank you so much, we'll come get him. We went over, got the dog, everything's great. We found the dog. Everybody say yay. yay. Then the next day, literally less than 24 hours later, I get a neighborhood text from the guys, and it's like, uh, hey, Matt, is uh, your dog, dog out? I'm pretty sure I saw him on Camelot, the big yellow one with the giant cone on his head. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. Who let the dog out of the house? Oh, that's it. There it is. I knew I was going to have put that in there. Who let the dogs out? There, there you go. But I'm like, who let the dog out of the house? I'm all frustrated to come back. You know the dog's collar's not working right right now. Like, why you let the dogs out of the house? You gotta be kidding me. Drive me crazy. I'm like, dog, seriously, come on. You you need to just stay in the yard. We got food and everything else you need. We cuddle on you, we play with you, it's all stuff. And again, my neighbors start texting me, and one of them texts me. He's, He's just, just like, uh, way to control your house, man. And I'm like, mm. and man, it just got me fired up. I was like, this, make, this dog making me look stupid. I don't need anything else 
to make me look stupid. This dog's making me look stupid. He's out. Again, I can't manage my house. I got to go walking and find him. So I go walking to where he was yesterday, which is about a three quarters of a mile walk from where I was. So I'm like, all right, no problem. I'll just knock it out. He probably went back there. He probably thought there was somebody there he wanted to see or something like that. I go there, nothing. Up and down another street, nothing. Up and down the other street, walk about a mile the other direction. Still no dog. Now I'm like, man, I don't even know where this guy is. I'm hot. I mean, it's hot. I'm walking around. I still can't find him. And I'm sweating. I don't enjoy sweating. And I sweat when I get outside and it's hot and I'm sweating and it's humid and I'm losing my mind. I'm walking around with a leash with no dog, like a, like a dummy, with like people are just like, well, I don't know what you think you're doing, man, but you got no dog on that leash. People are waving to him like, hey, you know, like hide the leash behind my back. Only consolation is I'm getting my steps in. I'm getting a little bit of exercise. Fine. But I think to myself, why am I doing this? Why am I out here looking for this dog? He's going to probably just wander home. Like, dog's got, like, that homing pigeon kind of thing, right? I mean, like, they're just going to find their way back. He'll, he'll figure his, himself out. He's a Labrador retriever, right? So he doesn't have to go he run and find the house. He just has to go and remember where the house was. That's what Labrador retrievers should be doing, right? Why am I out here? Maybe then I was just, I started getting real mad. I started getting real hot and real sweaty. It's messing with my mind a little bit. And I thought to myself, maybe somebody else needs a nice old dog. Maybe. Maybe there's somebody, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But I'm looking ridiculous. I'm feeling exhausted. I've lost my patience. I'm sweating like crazy. Then all at once, I'm walking back up towards the house. And my other dog comes running out of the invisible fence. He is either real stupid or really bold, or maybe both. And he's like, he tests it, he looks, he sees me, he looks over at me, and he's like, ah, I'm going to give it a shot. And he takes off through the invisible fence. And all of a sudden, the invisible fence starts going off, and he starts freaking out. He doesn't know which direction to go. He's like looking at me. He's looking down at the ground. He's like, what in the holy blazes of everything is happening to me right now? This is awful. And I'm like, I'm running at him. I'm sprinting. I'm already just sprinting. I'm sprinting at him. Hey, buddy. I got it. I'm going to come to you. I got you. Just come on. Hang on, buddy. I'm coming. I was sprinting toward him to rescue me. And I said, just be still, buddy. Just be still. I'm coming to get you. I started freaking out because I thought he's going to take off running too. And then all of a sudden I have two lost dogs that I can't get a hold of. Just hang on. Look in his eyes was, oh my gosh, what have I done? You could see as much personality in his face as you ever could. I was even worried as I got closer to him that he was so freaked out. He was so scared and so nervous that as I reached down towards his collar, I thought he might actually even try to bite me. It was pure chaos, pure chaos. I feel like chaos is my life some days, y'all. Anybody else? Chaos. I mean, things are so crazy right now. So many of us got jobs that we're doing while we're also got kids at home. I was talking to one of my neighbors last night. He was telling me that, like, they got one of their kids that they actually have come and sit in their office with them. So, like, wife is on this screen on this wall. He's on this screen on this wall. And kids right in the middle. And, like, every 10 minutes, they're like, hey, get off that. Go back to class. Hey, pay attention. 
hey, stop talking. I'm doing the same thing. I'm like gonna walk around my house. I got kids that not paying attention. I mean, they're trying. I'm, I know they're doing their best. It's hard for kids and I get it. We're trying to work full-time jobs. Meanwhile, we're trying to get everything done that we're supposed to do. And somehow we're gonna go back to some magical reality and it's just chaos. And y'all, I'm telling you what, I'm done. I'm done. I, can I just declare like life bankruptcy right now? I could just be like, I'm gonna stop doing everything. I'm just gonna stand here and drink my coffee and, uh, and talk to all you guys. Sound good? Yeah. And then it kind of hit me that we get lost in that chaos all the time. We get lost in the midst of life hitting us out of nowhere we start looking in all directions trying to figure out what in the world is going on. We can't even pinpoint it. And the chaos and the look on our faces, oh my gosh, what have I done? Sometimes we just aimlessly run off like my yellow dog. <laughs> Sometimes we want to test the boundaries like my dog Finnegan. And I wonder how frustrated does God get with us? How frustrated, how often does God say, I wonder, I hope they'll just wander home. Please, people, could you just, could you just wander home? Like, I'm sweating, I'm out here looking foolish, carrying this thing, this cross for them. Or maybe God even thinks, maybe they'll just find a new God. So I, I can quit running after him. Let's read a story. Now, you all already know this story. You did it probably a thousand times when you were a little kid because it's one of the craziest stories in the Bible. You already know this one. It's about Jonah, this prophet of God. He's called to go to Nineveh. Everybody say Nineveh. Nineveh. And he says, I'm not going, Lord. Actually, he just got straight into a boat and started heading towards Tarshish. Everybody say Tarshish. Tarshish. Yeah, it's one of those. Tarshish, Tarshish. He gets on a boat heading the complete opposite direction, and all heck starts breaking loose, right? The storms come up, and everybody's freaking out on the boat, and, and, and they don't know what to do, and, and they, they start throwing, they do what's called casting lots. Just say, why is this happening? Oh, gods of the sea, why is, what's going on? We must know what's happening. And the, cast, the lots fell on Jonah, and so all of a sudden now they approach Jonah. They said to him, Jonah 1.8, they said to him, tell us, since you're the cause of this evil happening to us, what... Do you do, and where are you from? What's your country, and what, <laughs> and of what people are you? I mean, they've been on the boat with this guy for a while, and all of a sudden, he is person non grata. He is the one that's not supposed to be around. This is, he said to them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Now, that's got to come with some power. I worship the God that made these seas. Even in the midst of Jonah's whiny running away or fear or whatever it is, boy, he just brings the thunder with his words. Then the men were terrified and said to him, What have you done? Now the men knew that Jonah was fleeing from the Lord because he had already told them. They said to him, What will we do about you so that the sea will become calm around us? The sea was continuing to rage. This is a great story. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. <laughs> Could you imagine that? You're standing there, and you're like, all right, there's a tech problem uh, with worship this morning. Everything's going wrong. And then Ashley stands up and says, guys, just take me out in the woods and kill me. That's going to fix it. I know that's the problem. 
I mean, could you imagine the absurdity of this as you're on this boat and they're thinking, uh, okay, pick me up in the sea, hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm around you. I know it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. The men rowed to reach dry land, but they couldn't manage it because the sea continued to rage against them. So they called on the Lord saying, please, Lord, don't let us perish on account of this man's life and don't blame us for innocent blood. You are the Lord. Whatever you want to do, you can do. Now, I want to take a quick pause right here because just a second ago, these men were casting lots. These men were not necessarily any, any sort of aware of who Jonah was, and Jonah declared that this Lord that I serve is the God of all this. And in that instant, in that moment, in the midst of that storm, in the midst of Jonah being in the wrong place, in the midst of Jonah going in the wrong direction, God's word brought life to some men in a boat. Then they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased its raging. The men worshiped the Lord with a profound reverence. They offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made solemn promises. Meanwhile, <laughs> here's where the story gets crazy. Er, the Lord provided a great fish to swallow up Jonah. <laughs> Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and for three nights. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, Thanks be to God. You know, I should probably talk about God's command, and Jonah's prophecy, and the fullness of the stories. We're jumping into these prophets. But, but God gave me a little different word for you. And I, I, I'm going to say, I want us to notice a few things. The first one is very, very important. Jonah was so insistent on not following God's call that Jonah was ready to die. Jonah was ready to die. He was more interested in death than following God's call. The chaos surrounding him, lost as lost could be, he thought he would expect God's wrath. Throw me overboard. Just kill me. I'd rather die than go where God wants me to go. This for somebody this morning. I'd rather die than go where God wants me to go. And the water in the storm is deadly, right? Here's another thing. It's deadly. The water in a great storm like that, you're out on a sea. You've got no flotation devices. This is cause for drowning, right? Somebody say right. But God did something different. God sent a fish, a whale. Now let's talk about fish for a second. Any like big fish eating fans here? You love fish. It's like you want seek fish every single meal. That's very odd. I've, I've not, not met very many people that are just like, fish is my jam. I want to go and have salmon on Monday and tilapias on the Tuesdays. I want to have the tunas for lunch. No. <laughs> they're good to eat. I'm sure they're good for you. And they're fun to catch. Any fisher people here love the fish? Man, I love the fish. But they're super gross. They're slimy, they got scales, and if you've ever really paid attention to the personality of every fish, they are zombies. Seriously, think about it. They're zombies. Have you ever held a fish or looked at a fish? They just look at you like this. And then they start freaking out and flipping all over the place, and then nothing. Just breathing <laughs> and staring at you. And they stink, especially the dead ones, and that's just on the outside. Right? Jonah was inside a fish for three days and three nights. Think about it. Inside a giant fish, a whale. You can't see. 
It stinks. You're sloshing around. You're inside a fish, right? So this is enough to where we don't even know how much room he had. Could he even walk around? We don't know. That's not the point of the story. But it had to be awful. He's got to be worried every once in a while that he's going to fall all the way down into the belly of this thing. And there's all kinds of other fish because the fish is going to eat at least once in those three days and three nights, right? So there's like probably other fish and other funk in there. And this big fish keeps putting in there. So all of a sudden now you're avoiding other things inside this sloshy, stinky, wet mess. And probably there's a good amount of water in there. So you're struggling to stay up and not drown inside the mouth of this whale. I mean, think about it. This is not a great place to be. It had to be terrifying. But here is the best part. It was the whale that saved his life. It was the chaos of the whale that saved his life and ultimately also all the others to which he was called to speak God's word. And that's why I'm going to ask you again. Who's feeling like they're in the midst of some chaos right now? In the midst of a whale. Have you ever felt like you were in a whale? We hate and moan and we think about being in the whale. I have to think that Jonah was questioning God quite a bit. Because he, he, he didn't know the end of the story. He didn't know that this fish was going to spit him out in the right place he was supposed to be. I bet he thought he was just whale food. This is it. It's over. No hope for me. I'm completely lost now. But it was the whale that saved his life. He was even ready to die. Jonah was the one that said, throw me in. But God had other plans, greater plans. Jonah... Jonah thought he was in a whale of chaos. But God was in the midst of Jonah's salvation. Jonah expected wrath, but got rescue. I'm going to say that again. God was in the midst of Jonah's salvation. Jonah expected wrath, but got rescue. Because even when we think all is lost, God keeps going. God keeps seeking us. Because like with Jonah, God has plans for all of us. Greater things, greater plans. And when we get lost, God stops at nothing to go and find us. God isn't angry that you left. God's just ready to get you home. Think about it, church, just hear that. Somebody's, somebody needs to hear that. God isn't angry that you left. God's not angry that you're not at home. God's not frustrated with you like I was with my dogs. God just wants to find you and bring you home. God's ready to have you home again. God runs after us and nothing stops God. Even when it's hard, even when it's not convenient, God keeps going. So here I am, <laughs> walking out in the heat, hot, sweaty, my shirt showing all kinds of gross holding my leash with no dog on it, like a dummy. I got a call. Hey, sir, I got your uh, phone number uh, from the uh, uh, next door neighborhood, whatever that app is. And um, anyway, I, we've got your dog up on a street um, over on so-and-so. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. They got my dog. It's about a mile walk away. It's like, all right, well, I'm on so-and-so. I'm going to start heading that way. And she's like, all right, great. Just want to let you know that your dog was there and everything's good. So I'm walking, heading that way. And all of a sudden, this car comes down the road, and she kind of veers over just a little bit. 
And now normally like when I'm wa out walking and cars veer over because they're on like their phone or something, I'm like the old man in our neighborhood. I am. I like yell at people. Like I'll kick kick up at them like that. Get, get over. I'm walking here, pedestrian. Right away. We're in a neighborhood. Drive slower. I'm that guy. But she's coming over close. She slows down, rolls down her window and says, hey, I was the one that called you. Um, your dog's about a mile away or so. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you want a ride? You want me to take you over there? Now, listen, time out, my safety people. I had my mask on. She had her mask on. All the windows down. I didn't touch anything. I had my antibacterial. I did all this stuff with my face, and I put it under my arms and everything. When I got I was completely safe. I said, thank you. Yes, please. And she took me to my dog. That, brothers and sisters, is the church. That is the church. Now, in my silly story, in my silly analogy, I hope you're following along about how different I was with my dogs and how God is with us when we're lost. And yet still, the church comes to life. And I saw the church in the lady that carried me over to him and the family that stopped and pulled their car off the side of the road just for a second stop their day, whatever they had going on, to hang on to my dog while I could come get him so that he didn't get further lost. Brothers and sisters, that's what the church is for. You are the church. God is chasing after the lost and keeps going and keeps persevering. But God also wants our help, gives us the opportunity to be a part of this story. We have one job. We're keeping our eyes out for the lost too. We're stopping what we're doing to serve others and put their needs before ours. The broken, the tired, the hurting, the hungry, and even those who are doing just fine that we disagree with. That's what it means to be the church, to put others before ourselves. The ones who can't remember how to get home, that's what we are for. I'm gonna finish up right now. And my sweet boy, Shamrock. Oh, Sham. Shamrock, yellow dog. I was so tired, so worn out. He was hot. He was tired. He was worn out. Tongue hanging out farther than I ever have. And as soon as I got out of that car, he looked up, squinted eyes, kind of like this, saw me. His eyes went wide open, and he got up and came straight to me. I just held him for a minute. Say, buddy, I got you. Let's go home. That's how God is seeking after all of us. Time and time again, God never grows weary. When we get lost, God keeps going. When we're hard to find, God keeps going. When we push back against God, God keeps going. When we're frozen in the pain of each step, God keeps going. When we try and hide, God keeps going. When we're scared and hurt, God keeps going. And God wants us to be the church to help seek those who are lost. And then, when, not if, the whale comes. Brothers and sisters, rejoice in that chaos because God's about to set you on new ground and call you to something new and different and amazing. And the adventure of gospel bearing is going to take a whole new chapter. So rejoice in the chaos because God will always bring you up out of it. God's going to call you to keep. Pray with me if you would. 
Good and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise, knowing that you seek to only draw us closer into you. And as we stray, as we run, as we even go and hide, testing the boundaries or just aimlessly run away, Lord, you seek us, the lost. And you call your church to be on the ready, paying attention to the next door neighbor app so that we can find the lost when they're lost. Paying attention to the brothers and sisters that you've put into our lives so that we can be that beacon of hope to go out, help find, and bring those home who are lost. God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.